while your day is winding down. They're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day. From local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard. To listen. And where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Okay, so reputable polling like universities... Quinnipiac is one of them. Suffolk. Suffolk. There's another Dave one. Dave Paleologus. He's at Suffolk. Yes. Is that a re- any relation? I believe, but Phil and he, they, he Phil used to have them on quite a bit. I'm oh, yeah? I'm not sure if they're officially related. Okay. But um, he used to be on with Phil quite a bit, Dave Paleologus of Suffolk University. Is that was like, is because it was like, was that like a bit? Like, oh, look, we have the same name. Um, And then I think they'd do the polling. I don't think they. I don't think they, I don't think they stuck with just simply similar name humor. <laughs> I think they went on from there. But but five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Let's go to the phones. Good evening. Hey, how's it going, guys? What's good. up? How you doing? Pretty good. Um, so I've been hearing a lot about rent control uh, lately. Uh, you know, speaking to people and, and and listening to the radio and you know going to the council meetings and stuff. And it got me thinking, and I'm not the most educated person, so, um, you know, for the past 20 plus years, uh, the population of New Bedford's been around, what, 100,000? I would say so, yes. That's my, my understanding, yeah. Right. I think so, it's 106. Yeah, so around 100,000, right? Right. And all of a sudden, uh, there's uh, an urgency. Uh, you know, for, for rental properties as though there aren't any available. Why now? I mean, if we've had the same populace for 30 years, what's the difference? Carlos, well, I agree with you, and that's my question. And one of the things I would have loved, and I believe is the negligence of Council of Burgo by not holding council meetings for the housing, is that this is stuff that should have at least I, I, created I, I a record that. for what should have, what's going on. I think there has been. Um, I remember uh, Josh Amaral, who's now the director of housing and community development. He wrote a nice op-ed in the New Bedford Light a while back, and uh, he had said that despite the fact that the population of New Bedford, as far as the census goes, had been raised about by about 6,000 people, which makes sense. There's more, the population grows in this country, you know, so obviously it grows a, everywhere else. I got a feeling that it's a lot more than what we realize. Sure, uh, but more to the point. Um, he said that uh, despite the population growth, there were 2,000 fewer units of housing in the city from uh, 2010 to 2020. They lost 2,000 units of housing. No, do we know why? I th- maybe through some certain developments, certain things had to be knocked down. Um, no specific reason I don't I, that I can remember. It might okay. be cited. I I just can't remember. Oh, but there were few, they they have actually lost units of housing and. You know, there is population growth and there has this housing stock right. issue has been an issue, not just here, but everywhere. But again, th- this, is, this is to my point, and, and Carlos, we'll hang in there because I want to let you finish. But right. to my point that, that without an active housing committee in the city council, without Council Burgo holding hearings to bring in evidence, we're, we're out here just guessing. And it, it's not how legislation is to be made. It's a real negligence. I can't believe that Linda Morad is going to allow this to continue. 
Go ahead. Well, they're, they're they're holding meetings, but unfortunately, it's with special interest groups and uh, and at, at cafes and restaurants, you know, right. not at the right. city council where it belongs. And um, you know, you know, some people are not going to like what I'm going to say right now, but the, maybe possibly the liberal thinking and, and and leadership in the area, maybe uh, you know, like like allowing the CDC to uh, help people. Uh, to find, uh, 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 you know, housing in New Bedford. And meanwhile, when there's a fire, you see 50 people pile out of that one house, one uh, 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 three tenement. I mean, that, that was outrageous to see the conditions those people were living in. Uh, and, and I don't think any charges were brought up. I'm not, so, sure, so I'm Carlos, not, I'm not sure what you're talking Carlos, about I now. I know that you go to fires and things like that as a, as a, as a journalist, as a video reporter. Explain it. Help us out. We well, don't know. Many times there are there are several buildings on Christianet Avenue that okay. are connected to the, I believe, to the CDC. Uh, they, they have agreements where they uh, find apartments for people. But anyway, uh, it, it, there's been two occasions where I've seen this happen. Center for Disease where, Control? Uh, yeah. C-E-D-C. Hold on, you broke up, Carlos, I think. Oh, I'm sorry, the C-E-D-C? What uh, is that? What is that? It's on a Christian Avenue. Oh, uh, I know. Oh, Corinne Williams Group. Correct. So, oh. uh, I thought know, he was saying the CDC So did well. I. So did I. All right, I know what you're talking about. Go ahead. So there's been two different... I'm sorry, it's my Portuguese... Uh, <laughs> it's all right. It's okay. <laughs> it's all right. Um, it's the Portuguese, I mean. Uh, there's been two occasions where there's been major fires with, with, with very large buildings, right, uh, that, that should, you know, maybe have a capacity of maybe, I don't know, uh, 15 people living in it or whatever. And then, But meanwhile, you see 40 to 50 people uh, evacuate from that one building. It, it, you know what I mean? So uh, it, it, they're coming, obviously, from, from out of town different states possibly different countries sure uh, uh not sure if they're legal or illegal uh, uh but they are living in conditions that aren't safe and i think this administration is turning a, a blind eye to it because how can you not know uh that this is happening you know what i mean no i i agree how can you not know the um so what are you saying they they're bidding up the amount they pay because they're putting so many people into an apartment no, I think. Uh, in I other words, if it's a thousand dollar an apartment, if the th rents a thousand dollars, they're paying three grand to put. I don't know. The we don't know any of that. We just right. know that people rent out of a building. No, I know. I'm asking him a question. Right. That's why I'm asking. I don't know the benefit of, of, of the property owner or what agreement or, okay. or, or what, but all I know is why would someone that owns a piece of property, right? There's right. a lot of value there. Why would you allow this type of thing to go on in your property? You're either making money. Correct. Or there's some sort of agreement, you know, because, and if I was to do that, I know the city would give me a hard time. You know what I mean? And anybody else, you can't even have uh, an in-law apartment in your basement. They'll come <laughs> right. through it right well, that is something Right. Well, that, that is something they're working on. They're actually working on. Yeah, but he's saying right now you can't do that. Right. No, right. I've, had, right. I've had plenty of people in my family that have to rebuild their whole house before they sell it. Right. They have to tear the whole basement out in beautiful, <laughs> I mean, beautiful apartments down there. Right. And they yeah. rip them out, you know, because it has to be up to code. But meanwhile, they're allowing 50 people to live in a, a three tenement. You know what I mean? It doesn't make sense to me. I mean, like I said, I'm uneducated, but I'm just, <laughs> I'm, I'm witnessing what I'm seeing and I'm trying to figure it all out. And, uh, you know, maybe maybe eventually we'll, we'll have a better understanding. Well, but. if we had an active housing committee, we, they could ask the, these questions, uh, right. but, but we don't. 
uh, maybe I got to show up to some of these uh, uh, cafe meetings and start broadcasting them live. <laughs> that would be helpful. That would be helpful. <laughs> Wouldn't say no. Thanks, Carlos. Appreciate Thank the you, call. Carlos. Thank you. Well, so um, here's the thing. We were talking about that because, and it's worth to continuing to talk about it because uh, Jack had a call him out today. And you can hear him. He talks about it uh, usually on, on Tim's show every Monday, uh, 11 o'clock. You can check it out. Right. But you can listen to the podcast too. But um, basically, we don't know what's happening because these issues, like you said, like we've said, like Jack has now said, they, they, they just come out of nowhere. And they seem orchestrated. It has to be. Right. Right. It looks like it, a television program. It looks like a play, and not a high school play. Well, well, wouldn't the it looks like an on Broadway play? Wouldn't the proper, wouldn't the city council that is? Wouldn't the proper guidance for something that has to do with a particular policy go like let's have a hearing on it, right? Correct. Not let's like the the, the rent control thing again. It seems less egregious to me than. The, the CPA thing seems the most egregious to me because that one seems to be entirely based on the whims of one person. Let's face it. There's something for all of us to be upset about. Yeah, there is something. Right? Well, it's, well, well, and it's not just pro, it's process and then it's results. Well, well, well the, the, the point I'm trying to make is we know there's anecdotal and actual evidence that housing is a problem, not just in New Bedford, but everywhere. So that makes a little bit more sense to me than the CPA question, which is a proposal by Council President Morad to gut the funding, the community preservation funding for New Bedford. Right. Um, well, it's not just her now, though, because look at how many went along with it. Right, but they didn't go along with the binding question, but they Which were the non-binding. Yeah, so so should we... Should we do, do we have to give the, the, the backstory? Or? I, I don't think so. Basically, no. folks, you're going to have an opportunity this uh, year. Hopefully not. Well, depends what the mayor does and then what the council does. Yeah. To... And can you imagine that we're going to have the city council possibly overriding three vetoes of the mayor without ever having any committee meetings to get ready to put their stuff on the floor to then send to the mayor? Well, we'll, we'll <laughs> the process yeah. is so insane. It's crazy because... It's be how it's done in Nicaragua. So, because... Um, here's the thing. <laughs> Nicaragua. So, here's the thing. Like... All right, let's say there's an issue with the CP, CPA, right? Let's say there's a real issue. We know there's not. We know there's not. Let's <laughs> assume for the sake. Let's right. assume that Council President Morad isn't lying to everybody. Did, there's an issue. Everybody's calling. They're super upset about this, right? Okay. Shouldn't you still maybe have a public hearing? Look, there's a way legislation is made. And by the way... You're, there's a way, Exactly. There's a way legislation is made. Have a public hearing. Send it to the Finance Committee. So, have a discussion. Have a discussion, right? Or send it to send it to a, whatever committee, an ordinance. How about this, Marcus? Make your case. Make your case, and not just allow the op opposition to make their case. Mm -hmm. You know, she publicly. Learned, yeah, she learned a lot from the January sixth committee. Right? It's a show trial. What they're doing right here? They just want to get stuff on the ballot to increase voter turnout. 
Yeah, but here's the thing. It's dangerous because... Of course it's dangerous. Because, especially with the CPA funding, because you're going to be gutting... You could be losing tens of millions of dollars in investment on, that way by giving this illegitimate idea that's not based on any... And I say illegitimate not because I disagree with it, but because I'm going on what's based on facts. Oh, look, you, it, it's fine to call it illegitimate, Marcus, because there was no honest legislative process. There was no process, and it, it, it's all based on a lie. So... So the reason that you can say with some confidence that it's based on a lie is that they avoided the legislative process to make it come to birth. Right, exactly. Because it, it was birthed illegitimately. Yeah, it, because and because Council President Moore had lied about the funding that New Bedford gets on Tim's show on Friday. She lied about it. And then I'm not, I can't say whether or not she lied about the phone calls, but what we can say is you can believe one or two things. She's getting 100% of the pro, uh, the phone calls and so much so that she wants to put forward this ballot question and that literally nobody else is getting those phone calls because they've all said they don't get those phone calls. On or the, she's not getting the phone calls. On the rent control piece, they've had no me- they've had three meetings in 15 months. No mention of rent control. Linda Morad reappointed. Now, so look, Ian Abreu made Council Burgo the chairman of housing 15 months ago. I think it was a good appointment. It was what Council Burgo wanted. He campaigned on it. Ian Aber was right to appoint him. Give him, a, give him a shot. You always, everyone, when they knew, you got to give him a shot. He gave him a shot. Linda Moore had never should have reappointed him. The fact that he held three meetings in 12 months, well, Linda never should have reappointed him. I, I you know, we'll, we'll see. Well, what, I, well, I, on, on what record would she reappoint him? I'm curious. Yeah, I think that there's. Here's the thing. I, I don't. I I think that there's an opportunity for Shane to 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 lead on this, and I think he has done work outside of the council to lead on it. Um. So, and frankly, the committee was made. Because, you can't really be defending because no meetings in fifth, oh, three meetings in fifteen months. Well, I think there were some points. Probably should have been more meetings, but I think there was had to be more meetings. Sure. I think there was some points to be had about him. First of all, just starting off, most freshmen don't get a don't get a chairmanship. I right? got a chairmanship when I started out. The select board? Yeah. Okay. Most freshman city councilors don't get a chairmanship. Right. They never do, right? No, no. Well, I don't know. I I have we haven't seen I haven't this is the first time I've seen it. Most like in their not freshmen, but in their very first year, I should say. Freshmen, not freshmen. Yeah. In their very first year, not maybe in their second year, okay. but in their very first year in the council because okay. those committees are yearly. So most first-year city councilors don't get a chairmanship. They did have to do ARPA, and there was a lot, a lot of extra hearings right. that were surrounded on that allocation of $65 million. Right. And then... But I will tell you that... I think the, there was probably more time and space after for that after um, all of those ARPA, all of that ARPA funding. I will tell you that... My understanding is um, other people involved in those ARPA discussions say Council Burgo had no role. Well, they can come on air and, and, and talk about it, I guess. Um, well, I, I will tell you I, that. I, mean, I, I will um, tell you that my sources told me he had nothing to do with those ARPA discussions. Um, and I don't think that, that my source is not going to have any problem telling you that. Great. Um, Looking forward to he's that. He's on this station all the time. Okay. Um, so, but my point, but even if you give him the first year, What's the problem with the second year? He's had no meeting. He's had no meetings in the second year. Yeah, I guess it's it's March. It's it's March now. I, I think that, like I said, I, I think that there has been some things, and I actually don't think this is whether but then. But then my point whether or is not, that whether or then not who's the, chairing this this committee is, is 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 I think the point is is that they're not bringing it to these important questions to any committees. Well, I agree with you. That's that, the real important. So, point so my here. point is is that is that. 
by having no meetings, there was no opportunity for any discussion. So then suddenly, when he wanted to bring forward the rent control, but, but and when Linda thing. wanted to bring it forward, they just brought it forward. It had no legislative what process. What, it, what should have happened was, is they should have sent it to committee. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah, agree yeah, with yeah, you. Because yeah. we were, I think, should have sent it to committee. I think that would have been the process of, of the, and had hearings on it. Right. Because it's a major policy proposal. Correct. Whether yeah. you agree with it. Look, and by the way, I would say and that then, if and, you're a supporter of rent control, you have to realize that they've, that they've really hamstringed your proposal by having an illegitimate legislative process. It's come out of the gate as opposed to slowly coming through the legislative process. Hearings, people getting to raise, raise questions, raise solid points as to why it's a, prop, a, a good thing. To just have it appear on the agenda, no conversation, and move directly to the ballot mm-hmm. is no credit for those people who want the policy. Right. And, like, you know, we've heard that there's been discussions with advocacy groups and stuff, and that's all well and good. But that all needs to be had out in public. It's the law. That all needs to be had the out in public. The reason we have public... Look, look, Marcus, again, it is once again showing the real disdain the council has for the open meeting law. Yeah, I think you're right. By not having hearings and committees, it avoids creating a record. Yeah, uh, the right, because I think you can have meetings with a home group, which is the, very fine. The, but there's no public record law for that, right? And I think they're doing good work. They've got HUD coming next uh, next in a couple months, a uh, couple weeks, and uh, I plan on going to that meeting actually because I think that that group is actually doing a lot of good work. And again, that's because um, uh, Carl Alves and and, and Council Burgo have have made that coalition and in, in they're an effective coalition. But um but this process of of getting like stuff on the ballot that are would be major, major policy changes, it it all came out of nowhere. No right. everybody was blindsided by it. The rent control we weren't you know, I Shane had the you know, had announced it here on South Coast tonight with with us. Um and then you know, we proposed it later, but I think proposing it, I think that all would have been good. I like that process. I like, you know, I think this is a good forum for it, but if you'd sent it to committee. Yes. Had some hearings. Right. Or like. Yes. Have hearings. Just made a law. Just start making ordinances because I can see if you're going to make put one issue on the ballot, that's advisory, fine. But if you're just going to put a but, let's just ask people a bunch of stuff. Look, seems inane. Marcus, why not ask about death penalty, <laughs> illegal immigration? You can think of all kinds of hot button issues you could put on the ballot to turn out voters. Yeah, but I mean, there's, these are but but in terms that's what they're trying to do. But local, you know, they could talk about local. They could put a bunch of local thing things on the ballot. Like, hey, should we do this? Should we do that? It's like, you know, I think people elect you to figure stuff out. That's how our system works. So, and that's why I'm uh, like especially troubled by the CPA question because because we've heard a lot about housing and housing's a major issue. There's been plenty, there's a lot of documentation about how housing's a big issue in New Bedford and all of that stuff and there's a lot of people talking about it. So that makes sense that they want, that, 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 that a solution wants to go forward even if we disagree with how it was brought forward. But the CPA question. Or even if we think it's a solution. Right. This is hardly a solution. But the CPA question came like a thief in the night. It just it just appeared on the ballot. No one was thinking about it. I actually had Adam Bass on, and he's she's like he's like the community. Pre-, I'm like, wait, hold on, wait, what? They want to repeal the Community Preservation right. Act, right? The four year term piece. 
again. And again, Linda's, Linda Morad's on every week. Never mentioned this once to Tim. Not hey, Tim, it. by the way. Here's what I'm thinking. Hey, by the way, I'm thinking to save money on taxes, even though it wouldn't, right? We know that, that it wouldn't. To save money on taxes, I'm going to gut, you know, tens of millions of dollars in future funding for the city. Right. right? Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. Um, she could have brought that up or at least once. Or here's something my constituents have been calling me about. Yeah, I've been getting a lot of calls about that. Create a track record. Provided, there's no track record. Provided that they did, which they didn't. No, no, but that's what I'm saying. That's yeah. how you, it's one, another reason why you can question that is because you've never brought it up before. Yeah. You know, in other words, all the appearances she's had on Tim's show, she never brought it up. No, not once. None of the other councils have brought it up. In fact, as you pointed out, and then Jack Spillane has in his column today, Linda, uh, uh, Maria Giesta and Brad Markey both said that they've, they've never gotten these calls. Ian Abreu also said he never got these calls. Ian Abreu too. Shane Burgo said he never got these calls. Correct. Shane Burgo said it as well. So, and there were people that voted against the non-binding that voted against the binding, I mean, that, I mean, voted against the binding question that voted for the non-binding question. Well, th- this which is, is the, the real same s- thing. It just takes longer. It, it's... If you remember, too, and in, again, I encourage folks to go to the website. You can look at the old video of, of the meeting and move it back and, back and forth. After the question on the non-binding, Linda reminds her colleagues, like a true salesman, remember, whatever the voters decide, that's what we have to do. If the voters repeal this, even though it's non-binding, we still have to do that. Mm-hmm. That's what she says. She sinks the hook into her colleagues. So that is why I found it so egregious that Shane Burgo, who originally voted against the binding one properly, seconded her motion to allow it to live, to be voted on, where it passed. Had he not seconded it and waited the room for someone else to second it, it finally got to a vote. And now it's going to appear on the ballot, although the mayor's going to veto it. The mayor's going to veto it. And now will they override him? What do you, what's your count, Marcus? If it's uh, right now, e- e- Avery wasn't there, but he's not going to vote for the override. Right. So right now the count's seven to four. What do we think Burgo's going to do? Does he stick with Linda or does he stick with, with what he originally wanted to do, which is have the CPA? Remember, folks, CPA is money for housing. Yeah. Right. I mean, and he said that too. Right. He knows. There's yeah. no way of not knowing. Yeah. And even if you don't have a housing committee meeting, it's 15 months. Good evening. Hey, guys. Hey, what's going on? Hey, you know, I the last time I was uh, arguing with a uh, relative who's a liberal, I kept they, was, they were using a litmus test to, uh, you know, kind of smoke me out. They kept saying, who won the last election? Who won the last election? Who won the last election? Right. right? So, and I had to, no, I had to answer. Right? They're talking about Donald Trump and his claims. I want to ask you guys, what do you think? Did Donald Trump do the things they said he did? Did Jesse Smollett suffer the uh, ignominies, however you say it, that he did? He's in prison, isn't he? Did, did, uh, Did Hunter Biden not do anything wrong? Did the FBI not cover up the Hunter Biden laptop? I mean, there's a kind of a... We're living in a uh, kind of an altered state. Some things may be true. Maybe they're complete right. Do we know which ones are which? Oftentimes, it's very hard to tell what is the truth. 
So what do you think? You think you do you think? Well, what do I think, or what do I know? That's entirely well, different. Well, no. What do you think? What, do you think Donald Trump was responsible for the SB, the the uh, Silicon Valley bank failure? Because I, I do not. Into a I, I do not. I do not. Because uh, yeah, I'll tell you why. It's governed by state regulators. That's why I don't think Trump had anything to do with it. Quite frankly. Well, there's no, but well, there, no. It's, I think it's governed by the Fed, Federal Reserve, right? It, but it's the, governed by state bank regulators. They're the ones who seize control of it because they're the ones who have direct responsibility for the uh, bank. So, no, Trump well, had but, nothing but, to do with but, it. He's never been involved in the government of California. No, but they were accusing him of uh, backing off the uh, Todd Frank regulations, right? And what right. they, you know, if everybody knows, it was actually, he signed off on congressional lawmaking. Correct. That raised the... And one of the, uh, the advocates for it was Barney the, the Frank. raised the threshold for uh, strict scrutiny, if you will. Yeah, and one of the advocates for, for repealing that portion of Dodd Frank, and it's an enormous law. If you ever looked through it, I have, I have, I couldn't commit it to memory, but I've looked through quite a bit of Maxine it. Maxine Waters, because her husband was an independent. I mean, and Barney, yeah, Maxine he, Waters is thick in this one. She was big, and she was a banking chairman. Her husband's very involved in banking. But Barney Frank, who was the director of, 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 on the board of directors of a bank, actually lobbied for the repeal of some of the regulations for his own law, which is which was legitimate because he recognized that he felt having more experience and the law being in place was, was the right thing to do. I mean, that, that's what happens. People people who make laws Listen, lobby I, I'm laws. Not, I'm not even sure they made the wrong votes when they when they made them under the logic they were using at the time. It's Correct. just that if you look at if you look who, who was lobbying for what, like and and they and then the president says, Well we're it's not gonna cost the taxpayers one dollar. It's like and come on, who's kidding? You well, know, of course it's gonna cost how many times are we gonna let the uh, wool pull over our eyes? And not realize that, you know, the people that are talking and calling in and listening, uh, we're kind of on the periphery of what's really driving things. Well, on the national level, well, that's what bank. We, right. Th thanks for the call. We appreciate it. Good evening. Welcome to South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus. And I'm Chris McCarthy. Yeah, so back to, um, back to, to, to what's happening here. Uh, one, you know, it's it's just it's kind of like I like we said it's kind of weird to just like put on the like let's just ask people a bunch of stuff right like again I, I understand if it was just the rent control question I would feel as though that was a little bit more palatable but asking about the I'm, I'm curious why well because we know housing is an issue right right and there's they're trying but there's a lot of solutions besides rent control. Right. So to leave it down to a, do you want rent control or not rent control? That's what I'm not saying, a, that's a very serious thing. But what I'm saying is, is that um, when you pair that with, do you want the mayor to have a four-year term, even though they just voted on it? Totally agree, Mark. And, and also, um, do you want to repeal this? Uh, do you want to gut all this funding that nobody's asked you asked right. anybody to do? Right. Part of for housing, part for community development. I mean, the the what it, the, the, the Marcus the 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 complexities of these issues mm -hmm. is so enormous. The unintended effects, the intended effects, are so enormous. That's why a legislative process was designed hundreds of years I, ago. I would feel better about. This discussion on rent control, rent stabilization, whatever, if it just went through, just start working on it. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Just just start. 
like stop asking people a bunch of stuff because you are supposed to know the stuff anyway. Or at least have an opinion. Or at least have an opinion. Or by now have developed it through the legislative process. Right. Let's go to the phones. Good evening. Hi, guys. Hey. Uh, keep it up. It's interesting. Thank you. Uh, now, I did go to a meeting this afternoon from uh, Carl Ives. I was at uh, Keith's Middle School. Oh, how was it? Uh, very informative, and um, many questions were asked at some sort of meeting, I believe, at the Whaling Museum with the New Jersey expert in homelessness and providing shelter. Okay. And that crowd... Uh, what, two weeks ago, I wasn't there, uh, generated a whole list of uh, very important, significant questions okay. uh, covering a lot of things uh, and uh, some things that you guys covered, too. So uh, basically, uh, I'm interested in the uh, uh, lieutenant governor's appearance uh, tomorrow night at, after 8 o'clock on your show, correct? Yes. Yeah. Now, you won't be taking any questions calling questions will you uh no no all right but you know what i would hope you would do okay send a memo to the mayor requesting that he listen in on it and find out more about how they're handling uh uh the uh, boston city council's uh, movement on it oh and, i was gonna ask her you could uh, the mayor will be listening or yeah, his staff yeah, yeah no, but if he called in i would hope you let him on because so may, uh, we haven't let me, heard let me much, say something uh, the mayor's not going to call in during Dris you guys should invite josh amaral and or the mayor because um you're concentra concentrating a lot on the city council and, and shane a Burgo, but uh, well, he's we haven't well, heard he's the anything of the much about uh, the mayor and Josh Amaral in quite a while now. What are they up to? How yeah. do they plan to use those federal funds? Um, is there any debate amongst them about how to use it, etc.? We're not being informed in what the mayor uh, has as a solution to the problem. I, if he's going to, well, he's, just, well, he, he's uh, building 140, 140 houses. In the pipeline right now, and, homes rather. And they did announce $3 million to be directed well, towards uh, homeless issues. Well, I learned at the meeting tonight from uh, uh, Josh Amaral's uh, uh, co-partner, Jen something or other, uh, she was reluctant to say it, but apparently uh, the rental situation includes 54% of the population or the majority of New Bedford uh, is at some risk. And so you say uh, she was I'd, like reluctant. What, I don't understand. I'd like to see what the mayor says about that in terms of, you know, uh, majority rule, et cetera. All right. But, but what do you mean she was reluctant to say it? How was she asked the question? I'm not, I, mean, I asked her directly. Okay. What would you ask? I asked how many people are renting in the city of New Bedford? Okay. And if you can't provide the number, can you provide the percentage? Okay. And she said, I can't. Then I said, shouldn't you know that number by now? And she said, uh, 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 well, uh, it's uh, 48%. Then I said, is that what it is? Then she said, uh, 54%, I think. And you said they're at what, at risk? The rent. The rent, okay. The majority okay. of people in New Bedford, the population, rent. Okay, yeah, 54%. That makes sense to me. Doesn't it make sense to you? Yeah, well, okay. and it does. And uh, my point later would be that uh, in capitalism... 
you can make investments in all kinds of things, Correct. and there's no guarantee that you're going to win all the time. So if people, That's landlords true. and yeah. companies invest in rental apartments and this rent control comes, uh, hey, that's the way society runs. Things you can seize people's the property? They're you can seize people's property? That they should be able to get 20%. You can seize people's property? That That's not, not capitalism. Not seize it, tax it. It's what? Tax it and regulate it, and rent control would be regulation. Just like, as I told you in one program, uh, nobody really thought the income tax would come forward to re rescue uh, uh, the problems in the streets in 1911. Nobody thought that. But in the end, people said, well, to have a better society, we've got to regulate capitalism. Amen, brother. All right. Uh, Peace, thanks dude. Peace. It up. But All right, thanks, thanks for the call. Uh, get to the mayor and have him listen what he listens. He listens. He listens all the He's, time. He listens. I don't think so. All right. <laughs> okay. 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 Right. Yeah. I assure you the mayor does I assure, listen. I assure you he can. I I assure you he listens. <laughs> and he's a regular guest on the program. Uh, not, not only uh, the mayor is paying attention to all forms of media <laughs> that covers his district. Believe me, yes. he is. <laughs> <laughs> you can you can criticize John Mitchell for a lot of things, but not paying attention is is not one of them. Um, uh, anyway, well, but uh, I like that caller. He's, he's a good guy, and I appreciate him, him, him. We can't go to every meeting, so I appreciate when he does it and reports it back to us. I agree. I appreciate it as well. I got to take a break. New Bedford's news talk station, fourteen twenty WBSM. Uh, dear hero, whoever you are, you save lives. I live with sickle cell and the pain and the issues that come along with sickle cell every day. I'm most grateful that people are willing to go out there and take their time, their blood and give me new life. Because of you, I'm allowed to see my son grow up. Giving equals living. Give blood, replenish the supply. Learn more at hhs.gov slash give blood. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. You've spent all day hearing about the news. Now's your chance to react to it. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Call Chris and Marcus now at 508-996-0500. Or send a text via app chat on the WBSM app. Now, back to South Coast Tonight. So we've been talking about the this these ballot questions that were put forward by the city council and what? how we're... I mean, the only conclusion we can draw is that they were discussed prior to, um, and, and, and as far as this... We're and some horse trading went on. There had to have been horse trading, because you got one council that supports one thing right. and says they don't support the other thing, but then voted for it anyway. Right. And my understanding is if you don't support something and you have the power to not make that thing happen... You, you try to do that. I think we're being a little too esoteric. <laughs> Let, let's spell it out. So Linda Morad, on her worst day, would never support rent control. Never. But yet she did. Shane Burgo. It's not consistent with the ideological philosophy she's right. governed with for 20 years. Right. Yeah. Shane Burgo literally voted no on abolishing the, the ARPA fund as a question. No, the uh, uh, abolishing CPA I'm sorry, funding. CPA funding as a binding referendum question. Yep. Moments later, Linda, you yep. could hear the music playing in the background, the theatrical music playing, right? As the plot takes a twist, the orchestrated plot takes a twist, Linda brings it up as a non-binding. And who seconds it? Shane Burgo. Mm -hmm. So, folks, where did all that come from? There's no committee work. 
There's no discussions on the floor primarily, a little bit, but not about the back and forth of the merits of it. Just right into the next one. It was clearly all orchestrated. I think we're learning more and more. And a lot Is of it, we have to do by hypothesis because th- there's no notes taken at the Jack Blaine meeting. Instead of, right, instead of, instead of making your case and getting the votes by making your case, there seems to have been horse trading. Yeah. Because we, we've talked about it every day since it's come up, and we'll continue to do it every day until hopefully that veto, that veto holds on the CPA it's question. It's so important. It's so important to not lose the Community Preservation Act funding. $7.2 million in leveraged funds. It's so important to have an active, working legislative process. Yeah, that too. I mean, they cut all of you folks out. Do you understand? I'm, I mean, again, I feel like I have to do a little bit of civics here, um, a little bit of government, because I don't think you realize that, or maybe you do and you, you know, you're not calling. You're just sitting home frustrated because you realize by cutting out the legislative process they're cutting out your ability to understand what is going on in the government with your money and possibly your property with the future of your government whether it's going to be a two-year or a four-year term that's a big deal folks yeah the city had a robust discussion of that a few years ago scott lang was for keeping the two-year term i was for keeping the two-year term we had a lot of discussion. Scott Lang bought radio ads out of his own pocket working to save the two-year term. Members of the business community, people including John Mitchell, who were for expanding the term to four years. They made their case. This all played out. It went to a ballot, which was binding. So now, without any discussion, you're going to be asked again to vote on it. Yeah. You've been given no now you're going to have a little bit of time here on this program because we're here. Ask your colleagues. I mean, ask your friend. Ask your friends. Ask your neighbors too if they called anybody in the city council and complained about the Community right. Preservation Act. Ask them if they knew what it was. Right. And then ask them if they complained about it. Um, I bet you won't find a single person. Look, again, with the CPA, or maybe fund, a single person, because you're going to hear a lot about this. It is the most transparent program out there. You yourself can go on there and look at all the applications. Mm -hmm. Not only that, you can look at the history of the funding of all these programs, going back to the inception, which was in the first term of Mayor Mitchell. You can look all the, you can look at the members of the council, a member of the committee that that selects it, selects the projects. Then the projects go to the city council for final distribution, Mm -hmm. approval. Never have the city council members and, and by the opposed way, any of these projects. Each of these projects get brought up individually in committee. Yes. To be voted on. And there's, again, an opportunity for the city councilors to send the stuff back. Yeah. Never has it happened. It's never happened. So, so they're now saying that despite approving all the projects year after year after year, Mark, millions of dollars, they now want to rip the whole thing out with no conversation. Got to take a break. We'll be right back. Jim. Welcome back. Let's go to the... You want to go to the phone? Yeah, go Good evening. Hey, what's going on, Marcus? It's uh, Jonathan Faye. I'll make it quick. I know you guys are up. probably up again. I'm uh, last of the hour here. Uh, Just make it good. Hey, Chris. hey, what's going on, John? Hey, um, so I know it's completely off topic. I'm, I'm you, you know, I, I like to talk about Fairhaven a lot. No, we I like Fairhaven. I, we live in Fairhaven. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Listen, um, uh, 
the Head Street project. Marcus, you're familiar with that. You were part of the DP. You're part of the DPW, right? Yeah. Uh, not anymore. I, I stepped down. Did you step down? Yeah. When was this? Recently? Yeah. It had to have been. Yep. Well, maybe I'll go for your position. You should. <laughs> you know, you can you can write a letter to the select board. Really? All right. Mm-hmm. All right. I'll look into. It. I'll look into it. Yeah. No. So. Um, I called a few weeks ago about I asked well, it's about, probably been about a month ago, but um about that manhole cover that's sinking at the top of Head Street. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I called the DPW. I, I I talked to a lady, she said that she would pass it up to whoever it has to be. I, I know that there has to be, you know, there's a process, obviously. Yeah. Gotta go to the right people or whatever and you know, they gotta assess it. But um I just wanna I wanna say that, you know, I live at the bottom of Hedge and the, the 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 project was phenomenal. It was done quickly. I believe it was PA Landers that did it, and you know the the streets the street for it was transformed beautifully. Sidewalks, everything. I mean, beautiful, beautiful transition from the old the old road that we used to have when they did the, all the all the old uh, sewer pipes. Are you just bragging for you, what are you selling your house? You just bragging about how nice the neighborhood is now? No, no, no. <laughs> I'm complaining about that damn pothole at the top of Head Street. My truck, I drive a truck, a GMC. You know, it's got an extra wide wheelbase. You know, I, I redid my whole truck so it's got like nice big wheels on it. You know? Right. And I can't seem to figure out what side of the street to go on because my truck's so wide. So every time I go up the street, my one, one one side of my truck always hits the <laughs> takes the brunt of the force of that pothole. Have and you looked like, into the, into getting a unicycle? Yeah, I should, right? Right. That way you <laughs> can make a decision yourself. Probably, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I just, you know, I, it's, you know, I'm just, I'm just saying that, you know, the the company that that is up there doing that, they they stopped doing it. I don't know if because 